Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There but for the grace of God, feel with me. finals huh pretty exciting are you steamed kind of what did chris paul have 31 points in the second half of that game yeah 41 total it was popping off what year is it i mean how much same fucking same cheese dick sports talk radio shtick is gonna happen i wonder what the ratings are gonna be like for those finals It'll be interesting. I mean, if it, I feel like this, I don't mean to interrupt you. I feel like the Suns inside the basketball community is like a really great story. Yeah, and people like watching them. But I don't know how much the casual fans care. I think that since their eight no bubble run last year, yeah, and then this year they've just been dominant. They, I mean, they're exciting. They play fun. Uh, it just depends on who they play. I mean, if Giannis stays out, then a, a Suns Bucks final with no Giannis would be very boring. But a Suns-Hawks final with Trey Young healthy yeah. and back on the court, it's gonna be it's gonna be as exciting as it can be. I think it's gonna be one of those series too, if that it's ultimately what it is. Um, that maybe the ratings actually go up as it progresses. You know, like there'll be more of a look-in audience if there's like some fun, crazy games. Right. I mean, John Collins on the Hawks can jump. 12 feet in the air and throw down insane alley-oops and Devin Booker can hit it from the uh, from the logo so can Trey Young I mean that's really right now the series that I'm looking forward to and I don't know I'm over the the Clippers animosity I'm over all that and then I'm over the Giannis hate also so it's gonna be fun I mean it's just it'll be fun to see those two guards really going at it 10 years since the uh, Suns have been in the playoffs, which is wild. Uh, and I was out there in Phoenix when they were at the height of their powers. So I'm happy for uh, people that um, are out there because when the Suns are good, it's it's a big deal in Phoenix. And that's a very transient market like it is here in D.C. So it's kind of hard to cut through all that shit at times, especially with all the Cowboys fans and all the Ugh. fucking uh, – I mean, dude, there are so many Chicago – I mean – there, I guarantee there's way more Cubs fans in the state of Arizona than there are Diamondbacks fans. It's just a thousand percent chance. It's tough. It's tough when like you live in a place everyone wants to come to because it's better than the place that they're at. Yeah. And then they just continue to passionately root for their bag of shit team. It's a difficult thing to put up with. I mean, maybe if the Diamondbacks didn't have 22 wins so far at the halfway point, they'd be a little better. But it, I get it, but I don't know. You got a team you right. know, rooting for the local team. The building's not bad either. Like if The building gets shit on. I, I love going to, to get It was Chase Field then. I'm not sure what it is now. But uh, the sport, the sport, going to the sporting events in Arizona was always a lot of fun. They got a great hockey arena. Like They just uh, 
they do it right even though it's way out the fuck the problem is with phoenix like they don't want phoenix is like um it's very difficult to describe like the suburbs are way bigger than the actual city itself and then you have the that's the east valley and then you have the west valley which is like peoria and all those areas where the uh the the cardinal stadium is and so that that's why they want to name the arizona this the arizona that because they don't want people to identify it with it's a very weird kind of i don't know why we're talking about this anyway uh congratulations (laughs) to the suns i'm happy for you and everybody in phoenix welcome to the chat duke show appreciate you guys listening of course this is your free episode for the week we do a show every single day so if you like what you hear and you'd like to get a little bit more i'll be getting more and more people sending me messages on the social media tour saying they're checking out this this free episode and that's great if you just want to listen to the free episode that's fine uh but really the meat of the program is over there on chaddukeshow.com so hopefully you convert uh there's a huge back catalog now people have been telling me they're going back through and listening to all the episodes and that's that's a lot of fun i'm your host with the most big shoot Thank you so much for listening to us scream into the internet, as everybody seems to do now. Gigantor, the cold soldier, is with me as well. It's been an interesting month for us here on the Chad Duke Show Tour. It's uh, it's it's good to be in July. I'll say that. It I'm, is. I'm excited for the Christmas in June and July. I'm excited it's be fun. to uh, have finally gotten past uh, the hectic nature of Fat June, and now we're just kind of easing into into July. It's like sitting going into a, a, a appropriately temperature pool. A pop- what? There we go. What is the word you? What is the word you just tried to say? <laughs> Appropriately tempered pool. Temperature pool. Tem- is temperature that what you're trying probably. to say? Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> so fucking muttering, stuttering oh, prick over here. That's that, that's that bandage on your foot's <laughs> as big as your head, spider. Um, it's a good week of shows. So here's here's where it's tough to sell the show. Um, you're gonna hear a segment today where Tor and I talk about. 30-year-old Pepsi commercials. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it was my favorite segment of the week. Might be my favorite segment of the month. I think there's also a discussion of, uh, an in-depth discussion of a brand new Scarface theory that I had. Not the rapper. Uh, again, the 40-year-old movie. Yeah. And uh, we talk about, I think, on a weekly basis, right? Has there been a week that goes by that Scarface hasn't come up? Uh, it, there's been at least one quote, you know, that every single week, I'd say. Yeah. It's usually about Benny Alvarez, who again does not appear in the movie, but we speak endlessly about on this show. I don't, I don't. Me and Benny Alvarez used to have lunch together. Um, so there's that. What else do we get into today? Oh, we do uh, the the talk about um, Dak Prescott, right? We did, yeah, yeah, and how he, you know, quarterbacks can't. Or, Saying something as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is always a lose-lose situation. Yeah, it's kind of uh, you know you hate to you guys will hear the conversation, but. Um, I, I don't know why anybody would ever say anything of substance. I would speak in nothing but cliches and platitudes. That would just be the way that I went. Um, so there's another couple of things going on, by the way, in all of that. The the NCAA bit. Look, I'm for athletes getting paid, but I always just thought it was going to be too complicated to have that take place. But this story, I think it was Clay Travis that actually put it out there. There's this gymnast, I guess, that the second she's able to make money, the second she no longer has an amateur status, she's going to be a millionaire because of the following that she has on social media. Now, I don't know if that's OnlyFans, only fans, I can't say that, OnlyFans, or if that's just how many followers she has on Instagram, but she's very attractive, clearly. Yeah. And I guess she wasn't able to take advantage of that the way that a lot of other quote-unquote influencers were able to do it. 
Tor, it ain't just going to be about. And look, we're talking about a very small fraction of collegiate athletes that are probably going to make good money doing this. But they are out there. And if you're a gymnast or you're a college, if you're a, a woman's college soccer player, I mean, you, we all see how good looking girls clean up on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I didn't even take into account when I was just thinking about LSU running backs finally getting a check for playing football for that program. Yeah, it's um, it's I think it's overwhelmingly good. I, I, I believe it's six to ten dollars for every thousand followers you have for every post. Sure. So if, if some local uh, say Dartmart wanted to, I know you're a fan of Dartmart, if they had a big special. They I wanted, don't know what Dartmart is, so you're going to have to explain to me what that is. there's some Dartmart thing here in Northern Virginia. What are you talking about? I'm, th- explain to me what Dartmart is. I thought Dartmart was a convenience store up here. I've heard you talk about it. I don't know. I talked about Dart Drug. Oh. Dart Drug was a drug store back in the... Uh, <laughs> the 70s and 80s. It's it's gone the way of the dodo. I believe Dart Drug was bought by People's Drug, and then People's Drug was bought by CVS. Okay. I think is the way that it went. No, I could be mistaken. No, okay, but I think it's gonna These, be- <laughs> this is all by the way well before you were conceived. Yeah. Like your father had not yet shot his load into your mother. No, I know that. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> the uh, the college athlete stuff is is it's gonna be good. Not everyone's gonna be making uh, the million dollars. You, you, the national brands aren't all going to be jumping over the second-string linebacker on a football team. No, no it's going to be, say, like Trevor Lawrence probably would have gotten a, a big deal with sure. whoever, some some workout training program. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to be small businesses. And uh, so we had a like a bunch of calzone shops on campus. Probably just name name a sandwich after you. You get a little, little kickback. You post about, oh, I'm eating at, at, at so-and-so calzone. There's a little kickback for you. It's not a bad thing. It seems it seems pretty symbiotic. And then my senior year, uh, me and my uh, broadcast partner signed on to do a show for a national uh, podcast company. But we were using our likeness, so they could not officially pay us. And it, it's it was peanuts, anyways. But we had to actually like get confirmation with our SID, and we had to go and uh, and make sure everything was cool and we weren't getting paid. Uh, but it would have been nice to have gotten that to happen because then you maybe you get a, other deals you get stuff like that to, to come on we didn't ha- have advertisers for about six months until we were officially not college athletes right well that wouldn't be and again it doesn't have to be life-changing money but right. there could be differences made you know yeah. you can accept the free subway sub listen to this numbers here tour mm-hmm. uh her name is olivia dunn okay she got 1.1 million instagram followers 3.9 million tiktok followers i don't even know how that happens um, Darren Ravellas predicted that Dunn could sign deals this week worth $100,000, but that appears to be a very low estimate. Um, apparently, the, co- the estimate was corrected and went up to a million dollars in just endorsements. So I guess it's what you're talking about when you tweet. It's like worth it, you know X amount of dollars, and that's the way that it goes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess how many athletes are just going to quit? <laughs> You know, if you're going to get that type of money, like I, I, it probably helped that she was a collegiate athlete to start that. But if you can just I wonder. I, a lot of influences or influencers that I have seen, I, I don't really get it. Like, I don't understand what the uh, draw is. They're not creating anything that I think has the ability to become a sitcom or a movie. And maybe it doesn't need to anymore. Maybe those days are gone, and this is the way people are going to consume entertainment. But but here's what I would wonder. Remember we talked about bartenders this week uh-huh. and how bartenders are a trap job because, like, oh, shit, man, I'm making $60,000 a year, and I why the fuck would I go back to school? You know, why would I go to Lincoln Tech or whatever? Yeah. But then you're 
50 and you're still a bartender, you know, and you're staying out all night and you got to work on weekends and you fucking are drunk all the time. And like, there's a double edged sword. I wonder how many people like if this. I, I don't know if this girl could ever become a professional and whatever she does, but like, if you can make that much money just being attractive on social media, which is kind of what seems like what's going on here, I, I wonder how many people are just going to punch out on a whatever else they could have done to just do that. And like what you lose, like potentially as far as entertainment would be if you have people just decide I can make wacky videos. I don't need to go on auditions. I don't need to try out for, you know, a national team or whatever it has. I mean, there's going to be a ramification there, too. I think there is. And I think that influencers will always be at they'll, they'll never be to a level they just will never be you the brad pitt would never will not will not we won't have the next brad pitt come from an influencer right. it will come from an actor we will not have the next tom brady come from a, a football player who has 2.2 2 million or 200,000 followers on instagram it's the guy who can actually play the sport so in reality it doesn't make a big impact but when we're looking at it online it's kind of it's annoying because they're not really doing anything. They have a little bit of charm. They make some goofy faces. They make some bad jokes. And uh, dumb people eat it up. And that's just what they do. I don't really get trapped into the influencer stuff. I follow a lot of sports media people and all that. Yeah, that right there. That's not a lot of people look like that. No. You know, like, I was just like, oh, my God, she's going to be able to. Right. Well, this girl is absolutely stunning. And mm -hmm. I, I think it used to be, okay, you, you can be stunning, but then you also have to be able to go, you know, get an audition and make a film. If you can just, you have a photographer. I don't even know if she has a photographer. It probably just looks like she has somebody that takes the pictures for her. Yeah. I, maybe you make enough money doing that. You never have to. I don't know. The, the stigma, like we seem to be at this weird duality of the world we're in now is that we don't want to acknowledge any type of a, a woman is attractive. And so like that, but it's still one of the most valuable commodities we have as human beings, right? An yeah. attractive woman. And it used to, if you want to, oh, I'm just hot. Well, okay, you can do what? We can be, you can try to be an actress. Uh, you can uh, try to be a model. Uh, and then when that doesn't work out, what do you do? Do you go to a strip club? Do you go to like, I mean, there's just, there was, there was, ram, there was different levels of this which were socially acceptable. Now, if you have a following and you're incredibly attractive, all you need is social media. And yeah. you don't even have to do nudity. You don't even have to go to those lengths. Morally, it's a very, it, it's, it's, a conundrum that is even more complex than it used to be if you were going to basically build an empire off of just being physically attractive. And that comes with the internet because before it was you had to, if you wanted to be seen, you either had to be seen walking around or you had to be on TV or in the movies. And then now it's everybody has a personal TV in their hand and they can look and look and see, oh, there's a pretty girl, there's a pretty girl, there's a pretty girl, there's a, a funny guy, whatever. You don't need to have some mega contract with uh, – a studio Warner Brothers or anything to be seen by right. millions of people. It could just happen naturally if you are that good looking. Do you think it's one of the reasons why Jake Paul is boxing and Logan Paul are boxing? It's because you have this unbelievable following. Clearly they can make enough money doing that. But to then to be like, you got to put on a show. Yeah. And it's something that always happened with the Howard Stern show is that he had this like rotating cavalcade of uh, cast members. And it's like, okay, I've got this fame. I've got this audience, but what do I do to monetize that? Um, you got to learn stand up. Like you got, you got to physically be able to go out and put on a show to get people to then come out 
and buy tickets. And I think that's why the Paul brothers, like they're wacky on social media and, and God bless them. They've, they've developed a huge following, but then what are they, are they going to do a live act? Like, are they going to do stand up? Are they going to do stunts? Like, how do you then go out into an arena, you know, where the trailblazers play, sell 20,000 tickets? Cause they clearly can, but they have to have a hook Well, we'll box. Yeah. You know, the show that we're putting on is we're going to box. Well, you probably would rather do it where you don't have to be punched in the face a thousand times. So that's that next step. It's like, well, what do we do to continue to monetize this? Like, I don't know. Is she going to be able to just go do gymnastics in a bikini and 25,000 people are going to buy tickets to that? I don't know. Maybe. I just haven't heard of anything like that. A lot of people burn out pretty quickly, but a lot of some some people get creative like uh the Dude Perfect guys. I got on them like right from the, sure. the start. When I, I don't know, whenever they started, I was in middle school. Thought it was super cool. And then they grew to be just a massive empire, tons of money. And then they did a, a tour this last week or this last or year. Tour. Tour. Pardon me. Tour is the past yeah. tense of tear. <laughs> they did a tour uh, where they would go uh, into arenas and they would do uh, games. They would do some trick shots. They would do a whole bunch of stuff. And right. it was like a big event. You're like, oh, well, normally their videos are just them doing. Uh, uh, trick shots for about five minutes and it's all pre-recorded and it sometimes it takes multiple takes but they found a way to get creative and plan out a good hour long it's a lot uh, of work though it, it is a lot of work it, it, they did like a whole hour 20 minute documentary on how they put it together and they're like stressing out the whole time how's well, it God gonna work yeah. i mean that's and again that's why people that don't have respect for the paul brothers like they're getting punched in the face like yeah. first of all you had to learn to box because if not you're gonna go out there who's the kid that fought uh is it aaron carter yeah that fought lamar odom <laughs> like you're gonna go out there and look like you just get the <laughs> shit kicked out of you like just get beaten <laughs> the only reason why you're not dead is because there was a ref in that ring yeah you know like you'd be dead if they let if lamar odom was like thought his life was threatened in this where we were in the streets um like you got to learn to box and then you got to be willing to take your shirt off in front of the world and then you got to be willing to get hit and then potentially to lose i i don't know i think people are way too flippant with the way they dismiss what those guys are doing right now um but that's another part of it is I don't know what like, are there cons like can you go out and just you get a bunch of these influencers and they all sit in a room and sign autographs and take pictures like that seems pretty fucking lame. I don't know. The um the dancing TikTokers are the probably draw the most ire from the from the national public. I mean they they're beloved but they just do a 30 second dance and then they get 2 million views and it's just a very very but that's still them just dancing in their house i'm saying yeah, if you want to go out and t take it on tour yeah those people stink and they really can't do anything so right. they're, they're sitting in this bubble where they have a bunch of followers they have a bunch of stuff and then sometimes they go into uh like uh uh dave portnoy he does a a podcast i guess it's called the bff podcast with um what I guess his name is Josh Richards, a big a big time TikToker. He's a guy. He's like probably eighteen. Uh, and he, that sounds really annoying. It, it is, but that kid decided, or I guess they both decided, this would be mutually beneficial. I don't know if that guy, kid was a dancer. I don't know what he did, or if he was just part of a hype crew uh, out there in I don't LA. Know what that is? It's just a, a group of guys that make content where they just it's it's awful it's terrible it's terrible and also the the word content just gets thrown around i think because they're not really doing anything like yeah. if you if you i create content like well, watch content well, what is it like are you doing stand-up are you making music are you playing a sport like what what is the content you're you're sitting mm -hmm. looking into a camera like i understand that but like what is the content like i always when i started video game streaming people like oh content creators i'm like no 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 i'm playing a game and i'm actually like hosting 
a show like I'm hosting I'm in there and engaging with the audience like I'm doing something it's not saying it's co- content is anything right you know it's, it's you fucking sit there and, and play the recorder that's it, technically content <laughs> everyone just seems so comfortable throwing that out there oh I, I create content all right I'm gonna create content in the toilet in about 20 minutes like that's that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, it's a lot of logging, and then but there's people like uh, like Mr. Beast, right? Like he does a bunch of not wacky stuff. He but makes average burgers. He do, but like uh, I watched one of his videos. It was person who could stay on the roller coaster the longest gets two thousand dollars, and it's him and his friends, and they just do these weird challenges. Some I guess that's classified as content. It's it's a purpose, and you you set a goal for the video, and then that could be transpired into actual something that that. How they do you did. take that on the road? You can't. Yeah. You just can't. Maybe you don't need to. I mean, maybe these guys are making enough money where it's like they don't care about that at all. But I I would think at some point it's like I need to monetize this following that I've had to a greater degree. But if you're Portnoy, like everything you touch turns to gold anyway. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't need to go out and do a spoken word tour or fucking, you know, write out 45 minutes of stand up. No, that's why I like the Barstool guys, because even though they, they write their blogs and sometimes they do video, they do they do a lot of stuff. They do radio spots for the for the area that they cover. They do uh, UFC stuff. They do it all. And that, that's why I can like, you know, I, I won't have a bad word to say about them is because they actually are, are interested in, in kind of making their own things they're they're gonna have their own thoughts they're gonna write stuff they're gonna do their own shows all of that i I can dig that i guess um all right well it's a it's a brave new world it's just interesting following that whole story and then oh i didn't think about this Mm -hmm. like oh this is another way where the, the you know x y and z is going to be affected by this uh it's certainly going to make all of collegiate sport that much more entertaining and also covering those guys i mean before it was these are kids these are amateurs like are you gonna get slagged now as hard as pros do i would assume the answer is yes yeah i would think the coverage and the discussion on radio and in the you know podcast sphere i don't even know how you say that uh is going to change and alter as well as they become professionals so uh, it'll be interesting to see that. And clearly when we start seeing some of these numbers, like when you're talking about these big schools in Auburn and Alabama and like the, the numbers that we're talking about here, how much bitching there's going to be. Cause there still also seems to be this, well, I do the same thing this person does. So I should be getting the same amount of money. Well, no, you shouldn't, you know, you can't, you haven't accomplished what they do. You can't put it. Stephen A. Smith made that argument. He's like, you can't generate the same audience that I can. So you can be mad at me as you want, but that's why I get paid this money. And like, of course there's an infinite amount of truth to that, whether or not you like his brand of humor or not. Right. All right. Uh, well, let's get to it, Tor. We have a bunch to get to today. We do discuss the Dak Prescott uh, comments where he, I guess, thinks that the Cowboys are going to fucking Christ. Who cares? I, I'm so tired of the Cowboys. Uh, I hope you like 30-year-old uh, commercial conversation because there's a big one here in 40-year-old movie conversation. That's what we're all about. Relevance. It's not for us. We're all about <laughs> shit like this on the Chad Duke Show. Whether you're drinking by the fire, getting ready to send it into Arlington like your boy, or just trying to find an escape from your eight kids, make sure you check out the Chad Duke Show playlist on Spotify. And just go to chaddukeshow.com slash music for the official link to your new favorite playlist. 40fun.com, the fourth dimension fun center is what it's called. That's what I should say. I should give it the proper respect. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to their Instagram right now. You know why? 
I like keeping up to date on all the fun stuff that's going on in the Fourth Dimension Fun Center in Frederick, Maryland, by the way. They got the beautiful bowling alley up there. They got a full restaurant set up. Their menu is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, The pool area, I mean, it's as nice of a pool hall as I've ever seen. Very upscale. And it's just in the middle of all this other fun stuff. Uh, they got great food deals. They got family four packs where you can get like their stone fired pizzas and four drinks and a whole bunch of tickets to do all their fun stuff. Uh, great deals on their website, 40fun.com. Take a look at that bowling alley. Look at that tour. How gorgeous is that? Oh, my gosh. It's just crazy. It's pristine. It's, it's pristine. You don't have to worry about all the dirty bowling alley food. They got good food. Look at these pinball machines that they have, the arcade. You can carry a beer into the arcade. Who doesn't want to carry a beer into an arcade? Jesus Christ. Uh, head on up there. Go to, by the way, lots of people follow all the listeners. There's a loud goat spider clamp. Everybody's following the 4D Fun Center. Just go to at 4D Fun Center on Instagram. Follow them. And uh, do me a favor. When you slide on by in Frederick, Maryland, make sure you tell somebody that Chad Duke sent you and take some pictures. Tag us, too. We'd like them to know that all of the silly geese that listen to this show are hanging, uh, headed out to uh, play a little pool, a laser tag. They got escape rooms. I mean, you can spend the whole day there. Uh, 4dfun.com. Check them out today. Tell them a big shoot sent you. But I do like that stuff. Like, if you go down, like, a follow down, like, a wormhole. Like, the other day, I remembered. Do you remember the. Yeah, there's no way you remember it. Joe, you might remember this. Do you remember when Pepsi's slug line was gotta have it? Yeah. That was fucking huge. There was 10 million commercials for Pepsi gotta have it. And I completely had forgotten about it. And so I fell down this bizarre rabbit hole where I'm on eBay looking at all the different stuff from that generation. I found a commercial where these kids are getting chased by a xenomorph. I think one of the kids is one of the actors in Supernatural. It's very odd. And the way they get away from the xenomorph is they pull that up there, lightning fingers. The way they get away from the xenomorph is they throw him a bottle of Pepsi and he drinks it and then runs off down the alley. And it's just fucking weird because I don't even remember how I got there. It's kind of like the short-faced bear. I was kind of excited because I remember how I could retrace the breadcrumbs for the three little three bears um, and and follow uh, where and the path it took me to get to the short-faced bear. But it's that's a fucking very unique internet thing. If you're in a library, you know, before all this, I don't think you could just be scrolling through the fucking microfiche and then be like, oh, I'll go here and then I'll go. Like, whatever link chain brings you to all this new stuff uh, is very odd. Are you going to play the commercial? Yeah, you want to see it? Yeah, so this is, uh, does it say what year? Um, let me see here. It's a Pepsi commercial. They used to do all, Pepsi used to have great Halloween commercials. They had one where, like, Frankenstein is carrying a fucking Pepsi truck down the middle of the road. Like, I, I fucking love Pepsi Frito-Lay Halloween. This, it's a very obscure niche, but I, I love it very much. So this one, um, these kids are getting chased in an alley. You don't know what it is, and then it turns out to be an alien. Now, I don't know why there's explosions and all types of fucking random shit, but uh, let's go ahead and get, did you make sure there's no ad? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hear this. All right. So they're running down the alley. There it is. Here's the alien. Why wouldn't they be in space? Okay, big explosion, right? Yeah. There's the alien again. It sounds like that. It's pretty good production value, right? So one of the kids hides in a barrel. Oh, they're both in the barrel. The alien has found them. There's 
Pepsi machine explosion. It's got the pinned. It hits the machine. A Pepsi rolls out. They hand the Pepsi to the alien who drinks the Pepsi. Wipes his mouth. Double, double mouth gimmick, and he burps. I don't think he's from around here. Pepsi, the choice of a new oh, generation. Oh, so it wasn't, that wasn't Gotta Have It. That was the choice of a new generation. Another one of my favorite Pepsi gimmicks. Uh, they also had, they were obsessed with getting young kids to drink their sugary drink because they actually had a slug line once called Be Young, Have Fun, Drink Pepsi. That was their fucking slug line, which is one of their worst. But Gotta Have It, I was a big fucking fan of. Do you remember this one, Tor? Pepsi did a fucking bit one summer where they didn't have a slug line. It was a hand gesture. You ever heard of this? No. You, Joe, you know what I'm talking about? This was it. Okay, so the commercial, this was the commercial. It'd be like Pepsi, and then you go like this. That meant Pepsi. Oh, that's so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that meant Pepsi. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm doing, p picture George doing the hand signal for the Van Buren boys before he knows to hold up the seven fingers if you are a Seinfeld fan. That might be obscured for some people, but it's basically like you whip your hand around and do like a walk like an Egyptian thing on the side. But I swear to fucking God, that was a whole summer of a Pepsi ad campaign, and nobody ever remembers that when I bring that up. This is How are you going to look that up, Tor? Yeah, I'm going to look that up. By the way, who the fuck calls somebody on a cell phone and says no caller ID? Is that it? 91 sounds about right. All right, let's see this. All right, let's see this. I haven't seen this in 100 years. Officially, we don't know what the heck it is. That's it. All I can say about this, it feels good. It's doc, Dr. Ruth. What are they doing there, Tor? They're doing a little, it looks like a, they're making a swan with their hand, but they're curling it up and under. That's Bo Jackson. Yeah. You can poke someone die out. Gilbert like Godfrey. But isn't that fun? Like, is that a fun ad? I wanted to not like it. I want to start doing that. I know. We should. That should be the thing for. That's it, Joe. Joe just did it. I want to be in. Dude, that let's steal it. Just take that it should be the thing for the show. Like, instead of people clapping when we do the show, right. we just do this. What are you doing, Joe? Where are you going? Where's he going? He just ran in the back of the room. I don't. What? I, I don't know what he's doing. This is. What you got going on, Joe? Joe just ran to the uh, the back area of the Fortress of Solid Dudes presented by Monk's Barbecue. Yeah, we don't know what he's like doing. He was, it was urgent. Maybe he's just really excited about hijacking the show. Are those Pepsis? Oh. All right, so now we have the Pepsi. Okay. All right, so this is a Pepsi Zero Sugar. Oh, thank you. I don't think Tor drinks soda. So he would hold this up and then go like this. <laughs> you're not doing it right. I, is it What is that under? you're doing? You am go, I, am I yeah, under and then out. Under and there out. There you okay. go. All right, so it's it like, a, like a, okay, got it. I think it's like a wave. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a. Oh, I'll just do this. Yo. But what I'm saying is like, that'll be, that'll be our bit. Like, yeah. that'll be how people know that, like, they listen to this show. Like, maybe, you know, like, the Jeep people have a wave yeah. when they drive past each other? Like, if you drive past, like, a fat-looking white guy with a bad beard, and you kind of <laughs> think he might listen to the Chad Duke show, you just go. <laughs> this commercial is pretty kick-ass. I'm not going to Let's lie. watch it again. All right. <laughs> I want to watch it again. Because there's a lot of levels to it. There's, like, a bunch of celebrity cameos. 
You know, I very much enjoyed the ballerinas with the sunglasses on. Did that you was, see? You were shitting on it at first. I was. I did. I didn't know what to think, and then I. Watched now are you it, impressed? Like, oh. Do you impress that that's in my brain? I I'm impressed, <laughs> and I'm I, whatever. However, Bo Jackson did it is how I'm gonna do it. I'll say that right now. Well, we probably did it athletically. We don't know what the heck it is. <laughs> now who's that bodybuilder? Is that Lou Ferrigno? All I can say about this, it feels good. Dancing. A bunch of squares. Who is that? I can't see who that is. All right, Bo did it nice and like. Yeah, he's kind of cool. Someone die out like that. Those are ballerinas. Uh, there's a lot of courtroom, and there's about seven billion people out there, and then they all do the fucking bit. They did the bit. Joe seems to be all in. He's been practicing ever since we did it. I can see. Now, Joe, you need hold on, Joe. You need to chill out a little bit because they say chill out. You're fucking very rigid up here. So just like this. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, that's my. No, that was a good one, Joe. That was good. <laughs> I think we need to make a gift so we can train people. Right? Did we start today with uh, bashing advertising? Today's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how they're just targeting us. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're what year did you say that was in? 1991. Right. So that's, uh, <laughs> let me do my, some quick mental math. That's 30 fucking years ago that commercial came out. I'll tell you, that's influencing me a lot more than I thought it I was. know. That was fucking social media influence before it existed. Wow. I'm so influenced. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm obsessed. Pepsi marketing has always appealed to me. I don't know. Pepsi did these look up Pepsi art cans. Okay. I remember this. Like it was fucking yesterday. Pepsi did these four cans that were like, they, they were commissioned by artists. One of them had a surfer on it. One of them was like a woman with sunglasses and the Pepsi logo was in the woman's sunglasses. There's four different versions of the cans and that's them. That's them. Wow. And you had to collect the cans. Now, you didn't get anything for collecting the fucking cans, Joe. You just got the cans. And I remember I had a, I had a, um, what is it called when the bed, is it a loft bed? It's not a bunk bed. It's where one of the beds goes across the top, but the other one juts out. Instead of being under. You know what I mean? For a bunk bed, it's tucked underneath and they're, they're kind of, uh, they're, I just consider that a loft if there's like a desk underneath I there, think that's, so that's what there was okay. the, the, the bed was an L shape so I had this little desk mm -hmm. and I could put things there was a shelf and a desk and I remember I would line up these Pepsi cans as I tried to fucking collect them um, and I just would search for them forever and if you go on eBay now they have them like I almost have bought them a couple times just because I remember wanting them so bad as a kid but I'm like where the fuck am I gonna put these there was another there was a fucking Christmas Pepsi can that had, uh, I think, the lyrics to Winter Wonderland. It's a blue can, and it had all, like, the little tablature, like the music yeah. tablature. Um, and I wanted that one. I had one of those for a long time, and I remember painstakingly making the decision to pitch that, uh, probably when I was in my mid-20s. I can't explain to you why it was it was so effective, but I, I love it, and I think that's why we, like, I just love that idea of, like, logos and branding and shit like that. I think that's why I do so much of it over at the shop. Damn, I, I always thought, like, Coca-Cola was top dog with all their, their budget and their their. I don't think the they had to bears. be, man. They've always been the cock of the walk. Like, I think Pepsi's always had to, like, you know, punch upwards. Good for this. These kick ass. It's changed your life, hasn't it? I, I now, look at Pepsi in a completely different way. Hold on. Yeah. You're going to freak. Do you know about you got the right one, baby? Uh-huh. You don't. I'm so Is that excited. like a Paula Abdul song? Stop for a second. Here's what I want you to do. All right. I want you to type in Ray Charles commercial 
you got the right one, baby. I love that commercial, Joe. You're going to freak. If you were impressed by whatever this is, you're going to freak when you see this commercial and how big this commercial is. I believe it debuted at the Super Bowl. I'm not sure which one. I think the Giants won. might have been Super Bowl 25. Tell me when you got it pulled up. Okay. I have uh, Ray Charles. You got the right one. Ba, ba, uh, huh. What? Is it this top one? Uh, it might it, be. That looks like it. Or is it they might have had to put, well... That, click on that one. How many views does that one have? This one is a minute long, 280. Now, nah, what's the top one? Uh, 19,000 views, 30 seconds. Uh, middle one? Uh, uh-huh. Girls commercial, 1991. How, how long is that? That one's two minutes and 40 seconds. That's the one you want. Okay. Jesus. You want the full version? Also, tremendous version of the Diet Pepsi can with the lines. It looks very, very early 90s. Very late 80s, very early 90s. All right, make sure we don't get the advertisement. No free plugs on this show, except that I guess it's been a 20-minute Pepsi commercial for the best fucking dumb show. That fucking topic list is just growing moss. We don't get any. We don't get to any of it. When it's right, okay. You know when you feel it, baby. You hold it. You hear it. This is the full Chased song. It, it's right. You got the right one, baby. You got the right one, baby. This is a Diet Pepsi commercial. You know when it's How much better is this than any commercial you've ever seen? You wonder why you're losing the streaming services TV? This is why. I hope Netflix puts out commercials. Can you imagine booking Ray Charles? They booked Ray Charles for a fucking live... That's a full song. Yeah, That's a full fucking song for Diet Pepsi. Unequivocally the worst diet drink in the history of mankind. How great is that at? How many dancing girls are in that fucking song? They must have hired 200 people in that, not including production staff, director, makeup, wardrobe. That's How much better are those than, I mean, when is the last time you remember a soda commercial? Soda commercial. Um, probably uh, hack-ass Dr. Pepper. You got the sweet ones. Yeah, oh, sweet one. Yeah, that's not, that's not bad. I, I remember those, now that you've reminded me about them. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the... Coca-Cola, Pepsi commercials. It's sometimes holidays. I get the polar bears for Coke, and then I do. I, I love. Okay, now I, I I've been he- a little bit on Coke here. Coke Christmas commercials are always fucking great. They're always great. I put them behind Hershey's Kisses. I think those. are Well, that's the, that's the levels. iconic Christmas okay. commercial. Okay. Ding, 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 with a ringing, and yeah. then the silver one rings too long. Yeah, I like that one. All right, last one. Okay. Google. <laughs> Pepsi, <laughs> Halloween commercial, Frankenstein truck. Okay. Okay? Google that. All right. And then tell me when it comes up. Pepsi, Halloween. Pepsi did this bit, too, where I believe there was, like, uh, they would do uh, trading cards. You could actually buy, like, a like a 12-pack of Pepsi, and there would be, like, monster trading cards inside of them. I was very excited about that. Not Monster Energy Drink Tour. I know that's what you're into, but that's not what I'm into. No, I'm not into that. That stuff never... 
um, really worked on me. All right, let's tell, tell me if you see it coming up there. Okay, I'm seeing Pepsi Halloween commercial from the early 90s featuring Frankenstein and Dracula. That's it? Okay. All right, pull that up. You tell me these fucking guys aren't an asshole to Frankenstein. I always felt sorry for Frankenstein in this uh, commercial. I watched it 7,000 times. Well, someone who's been called Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster his entire life, sometimes it's not hard to sympathize. All right, let's, uh, let's watch this. There's a bunch of kids trick-or-treating. There's a Pepsi truck. There's Tor carrying the Pepsi truck up the road. So Frankenstein's been an MVP here, right? Yeah, he's clutching up. He's going to a Halloween party. He's got the Pepsi. There's Dracula. What? No dip? For a really great Halloween. Frankenstein rolls up on this party. He's got the bomb ass Doritos vintage nacho cheese bags. He's got the 12 packs of Pepsi. And Dracula says, What? No dip. And so Frankenstein's got to walk back down the road by himself. You fucking imagine? He should have torn Dracula's arms off. Dude, it's like it's like showing up with with fucking Budweiser's. What happened to the Bud Light, man? I'm, fuck fuck you. you! I'm bringing beer. Yeah, then don't drink them, you piece of shit. Sympathize with that. How about this? Drink no. one Red Label. It'll get you as drunk as two Bud Lights. You dumb motherfucker! Bitches. Okay. Oh, that drives me nuts. Showing up to your door. I mean, cheap bottle of wine. If you're a real wine drinker, I bring you a five dollar bottle of wine. I don't care if you toss it. By the way, I'll just the, put this back in my trunk and I'll drink your fucking beer. If that yeah. would make you happier, exactly. Now, that being said, I've cursed out people for bringing beer they want to this place. Is that yiggling? Get the fuck out of here. We operate a little differently up here. I get it. You're at a different stage of life. You're young, and when people bring alcohol, it should be consumed regardless. Yeah. Big Shoot is gaming, and it wants you to be a part of it. Head over to Chad Duke Show Gaming on Facebook, turn on your notifications, and you'll know when Shooter is going live. Tune in to see big finishing moves, tall vampire ladies, and samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. Hey everybody, it is tour and summer is coming. I gotta ask if you are ready to unveil your beach bod, because if not, you are in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling for your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code dukes it's time to bundle up with the manscape performance package 4.0 inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant i really do like that stuff crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your goodies first off the performance package 4.0 includes the lawnmower 4.0 which is insane I say the goat of ball trimmers. Yeah, I said it. Put down the rusty clippers and get yourself a real trimmer. It's time to upgrade. Women don't like it when you're all mismatched and trying to cut it up down there manually. Get this electric trimmer. It is so smooth. You can do it in the shower. It's waterproof. 4,000K LED spotlight. And it's 20% off with free shipping with the code Dukes at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Dukes at Manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. 
Okay, we heard our Yayo song coming back from break tour. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to it. Um, I asked you to re-watch Scarface because you'd only watched it uh, the one time, correct? Yes, the one time I had watched it, and I re-watched it this past Sunday. Okay, that's great. Um, for those people that don't know, um, Scarface is... It's the greatest movie that's ever been made. Um, I feel comfortable saying that now. To the extent that I actually started an Instagram called Are You Crazy Montana? Where all I do is uh, share my thoughts on uh, on Scarface and have uh, observations. Where's the bio? Observations, thoughts, and commentary on the greatest movie of all time, Scarface. And while we were down at the beach, I actually had a Scarface theory that I wanted to share here on the show. But unfortunately, uh, my young ward here, Gigantor, uh, hadn't seen it recently. So you made the promise, hey, I'll check it out. And it sounds like you did that. Uh, did you enjoy the film as much the second time around? I, I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. I don't know. I enjoyed Frank in the the second time around Frank more. Was, I don't know. And it was, I liked the movie more with Frank in it for some reason. Frank's I, great. Uh, maybe it's because when uh, uh, Tony was happier, and I like, well, I like when, happy Tony. <laughs> when Frank goes, that is the beginning of the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because like as soon as he kills Frank, that is his, you know, ego and his motivation kind of taking over. And it's why Frank was able to survive as a drug dealer in Miami for as long as he did, is he didn't get too big for his britches. Right. You, you, I'm just sitting there like, oh, rule one and rule two, rule two, all that. I'm l learning the rules, and then you see what Tony's doing, and then you see what Frank did, and you're like, oh, so Frank was right about a lot of shit right. that he was talking about. Well, it all starts, of course, where Tony's like kind of... Uh Take, I think he goes down and sees what Sosa has, and he's like, you know, oh, holy shit, you got everything a man could want. Like, that's what he wants, and when he and he cultivates that uh, relationship, then um, everything else is inevitable. But, all right, this is what I wanted to bring up. Uh -huh. There's a scene where Tony is, he has killed Frank, and he has taken over the business, and uh, there's uh, Jerry the Banker is in his office. And, yeah. of course, the montage has happened already. The push it to the limit, the, the iconic uh, montage has already happened where you see Tony and um, Chi-Chi and Manny and all those guys, they're, uh, they're just carrying the giant bags, duffel bags of money into this bank in Miami, right? And, you know, and that montage, of course, is where Tony marries Michelle Pfeiffer and he has the tiger and they start the business for his uh, sister and all that. Mm-hmm. But so he's sitting and he's having this back and forth with Jerry, the banker. And Tony seems convinced that he's going to be able to get a better rate on his money because he's laundering his money through this bank. And he, it, it seems like he's going into this trying to get a better rate. He seems very shocked afterwards because Jerry says, no, 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 we're going to have to start charging you more. He's surprised by this. Yeah. Manny then, of course, says, hey, I've been talking to this Seidelbaum character. And I've always thought that was an interesting back and forth because what happens then ultimately leads to Tony's downfall. He goes and does this deal with Seidelbaum because he doesn't want to pay Jerry the banker to wash his money anymore. He gets busted. And then to stay out of going to jail for, I think it was 11 years, he um, he goes down and agrees to whack out this politician for salsa. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, he ultimately ends up shooting the hitman in the face. And then... Um, that's it. Like, Sosa said, I told you not to fuck me, you little monkey. And then uh, all the guys pour over the phone. Who the fuck are you talking to? And then, of course, he's all coked up and freaked out about that. Shoots Manny. Yeah. It's The beginning of the end is him getting busted uh, in that sting. I think Jerry was in on it, and I'll tell you why. 
you have to have two things happen in order for him to get busted. First of all, he has to take a risk. He has to go outside of where he clearly he was safe, where he was getting his money, money laundered. Jerry says that in the back and forth. He has to feel it's worth it to take the risk to go outside. So Seidelbaum has clearly been talking to Manny because Manny says, I've been talking to the Seidelbaum guy. He's connected. He checks out. I'm the head of your security. And then Jerry's got to be out of the picture. So what I think happened is they'd already flipped that son of a bitch. And he had to go in there and say, not only am I not going to give you a discount, but I'm raising your prices to force Tony to go outside of his comfort zone. That was the only way they were going to get him. And I think that was ultimately what took place in the movie. You don't really have anybody ever confirm that, but nothing else really makes sense because, you know, as many risks as Tony takes shooting people in the middle of the street, he had been successfully running that drug empire with very little speed bumps up until that point. So you don't think Manny could have just been trying to help out and use his ideas and do all that stuff? No, I think Manny, I don't think Manny was in on it. Right. I, I think that he was being played by Seidelbaum, ah. who was also running Jerry the Banker. Now, I'm glad you brought that up. I always thought it was way over the top that Tony murders Manny in front of his fucking sister in the house. Like, he probably would have been pissed. But if, do you remember when they're sitting at lunch and he's all fucked up and he gives the say hello to the, say goodbye to the bad guy speech? Yeah. He says to Manny, you're the one that got me in this fucking business to begin with. And Manny says, how do you connect Seidelbaum to Sosa? How do you connect that? He's like unaware that Tony's having to go through all this shit to stay out of jail. But Tony isn't. And Tony knows that because he went to Seidelbaum, because Manny said go to Seidelbaum, he had to go up there and kill that fucking dude and do all that shit. So I think the reason why Tony was so fucking hot with Manny in that scene is that not only was it Gina, you know, they're not supposed to, you stay away from her. She's not for you. But also, he'd fucked him in and put him into this spot where now he's going to have to go to war with Sosa. So he lashed out even more in an extreme manner. It seemed like uh, he was talking about uh, uh, like when when Sosa's goons had come. Sosa. And they had, Let's get one thing straight. He was did did he have a point of uh, re revelation that he had killed Manny? I feel like when he was in his bunker and he was getting all his guns and he's he's you know Gina's oh, dead yeah. and he was like Manny Manny where's where's Manny? Yeah, he has that and whole like, fucking mental breakdown there. Yeah, um, yeah, he freaks out. That wasn't thrilling. For, I, I I caught that the second time. That around. part's I'm awful. Like, I don't like watching the end of the movie because I don't like I don't like watching him. I'll watch until the part where you die, motherfucker, and then he's like making the phone call from the payphone saying he's gonna kick everybody's ass when he gets back down there. Yeah, but all you get then is shoots Manny. Uh, Gina gets blown away, um, and then everybody that you've seen in Tony's crew is like getting systematically murdered by Sosa's troopers uh -huh. as they're breaching. Now the, the final gunfight's pretty good, where he's killing everybody. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I usually turn it off right around when he makes that phone call from the payphone. The first hour is as funny and as fun as it gets, which is crazy because there's vicious, awful murder, including the chainsaw. Right, and now the leg, huh? But um. I don't know. And for whatever reason, I really enjoy all that. I, I don't enjoy the, the culmination of the downfall. It was just, I think that's, I don't think you're, anybody's supposed to enjoy it. Right. I think, I don't know. I'm rewatching. I'm like, oh man, this, this, this part's coming up. Oh, I just got that part. And I'm like, oh, this, this movie is just bundles of fun. It really it is. It becomes bundles of like blood and stuff. But it is crazy to me. It's like, it's like, uh, Ripley makes a compelling point. Um, what's up, big girl? It's like when people sent, they, they, they won't play blazing saddles because they're like well it's too offensive there's too many slurs i'm like well the whole movie is a commentary on how stupid racist people are and how ultimately they learn that that their ways are wrong you know like, yeah and by the way that's all packaged in the funniest comedy maybe of all time i feel the same way about scarface and we've talked about this 
the whole movie is a condemnation on like this incredible over the top ambition you know i've got to keep growing i've got to keep getting bigger i got more money it's it's basically saying frank was right tony's wrong yeah but everybody wants to be tony montana and that's what i don't get about that fucking movie manny is the guy now manny's a bit of a pervert He's slapping chicks on the ass. He's going up and uh, slithering then his tongue out. But he's the guy like he wants a wife. Like he, you know, is conservative. Like he's the one that's always trying to reel Tony in. Like to me, he's the way more relatable character in that movie. I think so too. Uh, it, but everyone wants to be Tony Montana because he's got the balls. And he's, he's wild. Always, yeah, he says, you know, Frank, you get, you're soft. You don't have balls, and that's all that he said. You got to have. Honest in that, and people don't want to be someone without balls, so that's why they, I think they uh, migrate towards wanting to be Tony Montana. You know, he obviously gets killed awfully, and he made big moves, and people think, oh, he was a fantastic businessman. I'm like, well, he still died earlier than Frank did in his life. And think about what he was doing to get Frank to finally do something. Like, he was openly hitting on his wife in his nightclub you know what i mean like it was there's no chance frank wanted to put out a hit on tony montana like yeah. that would have caused way too many problems um but he was just so fucking over the top that it, but I'm, I'm with you i love frank frank's think about frank in that first scene like how much fun he is yeah like uh, scotch gin rum, hey, 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 they're gonna cook you a horse tony like that, he's just a fucking shitload of fun uh and you see where it gets him yeah, he was a little soft but it was, it was. He's a little soft, but just he's also, he, I don't know. Like, in that game, if you're going to be hardcore, you're going to be those Colombians. The Colombians weren't soft. What did they get? Dead. Dead. All of them dead. Shot in the middle of the goddamn street. You'll die. <laughs> that motherfucker. Hector the Toad. All right. Um, why does the show always come back to Scarface? I think it's a great place to, to, to stay at. I completely agree. The Chad Duke Show merchandise store is up and running. So click the shop tab on chaddukeshow.com for show t-shirts and koozies. Friendos, it's Big Shoot here from a guy, Joe Azer. That's the only sponsor we've had running tape to table. It's actually him and Monk. That's it, man. This guy is supportive of the Chad Duke Show. He's been in business for 15 years, born and raised right here in Northern Virginia. And he is ready to help you listen to this. You're looking to buy a house? Incredibly difficult right now. Not a lot of inventory, a lot of potential buyers. I don't know why COVID made everyone want to buy a new house. Maybe it's because they're sitting in their house and they hate it. Um, if you're looking to buy, you need Joe Azer because you're just going to go out and waste your whole goddamn afternoon like what Ted did for months and months and months. It took him months and months and months because why? He went with a buddy from college or some garbage. Don't do that. Go, go with the best in the business, Joe Azer. If you mention uh, the Chad Duke show, not only is he going to eliminate the stress, whether it's heating, cooling, appliance breakdowns, whatever's happening with this house you're trying to buy, you're going to get a two year home warranty at no cost to you, the buyer. All you got to do is mention the Chad Duke's show. 571-989-Azer is the phone number. Even if you're not looking to buy right now, put that number in your back pocket, man. File it away in your phone. He's the guy for you. 571-989-2937. Call my guy, Joe Azer, today and make sure to tell him that the Shoodster sent you. Make sure you sign up for the Chad Duke Show mailing list on chaddukeshow.com. Be the first to know what's happening on the program and maybe even win a prize or two. We promise we won't fill up your inbox with tasteful nudes. Well, we promise we'll truly make an effort not to. Every year, if you're not a football fan, you don't you don't know what this is. 
Uh, but every year there's always kind of around this time when you're getting videos of guys working out at mini camps, uh, passing drills, guys running around with their helmets on and uh, shorts and T-shirts. Everybody looks crisp. Everybody looks fast. Everyone's healed from all their injuries. Um, you think you think the team's better than what it's ultimately going to be, and, and unless you're the Chiefs or the, the Buccaneers, the Packers, or whoever you know always makes the playoffs. This happens for every team. I want to make sure that I'm saying that. Whatever happens with the Cowboys is well beyond that phenomenon. I just want to let people know I'm aware of that phenomenon that does happen for other teams. Every year around this time is the year the Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they haven't been to an NFC Championship game since 1995. They won the title that year, but um, they don't go to the playoffs a lot, and they certainly don't go to the playoffs back-to-back years. Uh, they had a year – when was the Des Bryant year? Is that 10 years ago now? I think it was like 2013 or 14, one of those two. They got fucked uh, in that game against the Packers in Lambeau. I, I thought it was a catch, but I also – I'm not going to sit here and debate that forever. It, it wasn't ruled a catch. Bad calls go – all the way, every way, every which way. Uh, go fuck yourself. Stop whining. Um, you had 60 minutes to win that football game. Um, I don't know what it is. I think a lot of it is a media construct. I think the Cowboys have been a very lackluster organization for quite some time. But for whatever reason, Tor, we got to be honest, they move the needle like no other team. Yeah. Um, there isn't another team. Maybe Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, that relationship. Uh, maybe the Aaron Rodgers consternation this offseason. I don't know. There's. I think there's stories that can move the needle as much. But nothing as a whole in all of sport. It's the Yankees and it's the Cowboys. That's that's pretty much it. Um, and the Cowboys really haven't had that much to talk about, except chaos, bad contracts, signing guys for monster numbers. Uh, McCarthy shit in the bed. Mike McCarthy yeah. bringing in a Super Bowl winning head coach that was just absolutely terrible. And you forget they had a losing record when Dak Prescott was in there because they had they had the worst they had a record setting. This is just this offseason, but they had the worst defense I believe statistically in the history of the NFL. They allowed more points than anyone else ever has. It was god awful, horrible team. Um, every year around this time starts the Cowboys hype it's it's not just they're gonna win the NFC East it's okay they're gonna you know clearly this is a team that can win playoff games and I think it's in the media's best interest to do this just because they know the Cowboys will get a reaction you can write all the stories you want on the Tennessee Titans acquiring Julio Jones there is a glass ceiling for people that are going to be interested in the Tennessee Titans everybody has an appeal uh, an an opinion Mm -hmm. on the Dallas Cowboys And so I think a lot of this isn't the Cowboys' fault necessarily because they have become such a lightning rod that the fucking NFL media just jacks off into a ceiling fan every single time they can make up a story about them. But that being said, this is a quote from Dak Prescott. You tell me if this is nothing or you tell me if this is something that he should be saying. I'm going to read it to you, all right? Um We've all approached the offseason. We've approached the season the right way. We are excited. We're just excited that hopefully we can stay healthy. We can get good fortune on that end. And then we can just put everything together that we worked hard for uh, in all phases of the game. We are excited for this year. It's going to be a very, very special year for us and for Cowboys fans. Now, a couple things here. Uh, Dak Prescott got paid a gigantic fucking Brinks truck full of money. So I imagine he's feeling pretty good. I, I imagine he's out there. He's throwing in pads. He sees that Zach Martin's back. He sees that Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. All these guys are healthy. Uh, they were one and three with him when he was healthy. 
Is there anything wrong with him saying that uh, in a vacuum first tour? But then is there anything wrong with him as the leader of this organization saying that knowing that this is the same old story, same old song and dance? And every reply that I have seen to these quotes has been that is, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go again. It's the time of the year where the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Uh, and that, of course, is in late June. I think if you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, that's something you just have to do. You have to keep the fans excited. You have to keep them ready. And then you have to have some type of belief because that has to be a sensation different than any other playing quarterback in the NFL. I, I would I think agree. It's different than he, even Tom Brady winning six in, in New England. It's He still was not the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Not saying he was ever worse than any quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that they've ever had. He's far better than anybody. Uh, but he's it's just a different type of job I feel like when you're doing that I feel like it's kind of like being the president you're kind of the president of the league if you're quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys you're going to get the first story every time determinant of whether or not you play well or you play bad I mean uh, Ben DiNucci who we actually played in college they spent 20 minutes on him on first take when he had that hideous game against the Eagles it's just what happens right um a couple things there's always the part of me that is going to roll my eyes when everyone is so indignant when an athlete says anything. Yeah, He's being asked a question about the season. What do you want him to say? They're not going to win? Exactly. He doesn't think they're going to have a good season? Like I, we, And then we all get mad when it's all cliches and platitudes and coach speak coming out of these guys' mouths, right? And they don't say anything. I honestly feel, as much as I hate the fucking Dallas Cowboys... And I do like Dak. I, I, I like Dak as a player. Um, and he seems to handle himself well. Like I think, just think he's very comfortable in his own skin. I just, I, I'm a fan of the way he goes about his business. Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of an apologetic side of, of me for, for him. But I, I, don't, I don't know what we, we, I don't know what we want from these guys. It feels like it's a no-win scenario. When I say no-win scenario, he's going to make a giant pile of money and he can get endorsed Gatorade and he's going to have himself a beautiful life and you know we should all be so lucky. But every time a fucking quarterback opens their mouth, they're going to take shit. How many stories have we heard? Tom Brady maybe said during the free agency process a year ago, you're going to stick with that motherfucker about a quarterback X in the league. And there has been endless speculation that – is it Mitch Trubisky? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Tua Tagovailoa? Like, everybody's speculating as to who it is. If I was these guys, I honestly, I would just read, I would have a PR firm come up with a big fucking list of cliches and say, if somebody asked me X, what do I say that means nothing? And that would be it. Because anytime one of these guys, Aaron Rodgers wore I'm offended t-shirt in a press conference for a golf match he's playing in. That was debated for fucking two weeks afterwards. And maybe you look at me and you say, well, Dukes, that interest is what's driving these salaries up, and that's what people pay for. Fine, but what I can control is what I can control. And if I'm Dak Prescott, I just come out and say, man, I've been working real hard, and I want to help get my balls in the hands of all these great playmakers, and I'm just so happy to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Those fucking reporters would be disgusted with me by the end of the first press conference, and they yeah. wouldn't come back and talk to me again. Yeah. I Also, from uh, <clears throat> I believe Brady, when he was on the shop, he said, yeah, I respect Marshawn Lynch so much for how he handled the media. I've been wanting to do that my whole career. Right. Just say I'm just here so I don't get fined. You know, he said he, he wants to do that his whole career. Oh, takes guts to do that because you're a, a quarterback and you kind of got to be a leader. You got to say what you got to say. 
But also, I, I feel like everybody just knows the coach speak. Like, right. if I was ever at a com- uh, press conference, which I wouldn't have ever been in, uh, but <laughs> but I, uh, I would have been able to do it. You know, we, Giganto, you really got blown up on the back half of that play, and of course, uh, your quarterback got paralyzed from the waist down because he got exploded in ear hold by a two hundred ninety pound defensive end. What was going through your mind at that moment? You know, I thought the prep this week was okay. It, it, I don't believe it was a mental error, but uh, that's not me patting myself on the back. It was a Right there, you've already, I'm, I'm you've already fucked up. Yep. You've already fucked up. Because someone said, I don't believe it's a mental error. What the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? He got Wardorowski killed. We would have won the game. You already fucked up. One sentence in. It's impossible. There's nothing you can do. And then you're not going to be able to apologize enough if you fucked up in a game or whatever to make any fan forgive you. Yeah. Like, there's no... Because con- they're all mad. They're all angry. And I don't know, maybe the media goes away eventually with COVID and with Twitter and with all this shit. Like, I mean, they're less relevant than they probably should have ever been. Um, and the, but then all the fans get pissed at the media. And I'm like, but all you do is read their coverage. Like, all you do is read everything this entity puts out. So, you know, I, I came on here with this whole jag about the, the Fast and the Furious. There's a fucking... Story today on Movie Web. Women in Fast and the Furious demand an all-woman spinoff of Fast and the Furious. Right above a story that says, we're filming Fast and the Furious 10 and 11 back to back. I'm like, fucking, please stop making these movies. Please. They're the worst. They're ridiculous. They're fucking, they dumb down everybody that walks past the poster. But people keep buying tickets, so why wouldn't they continue to make them? Like, who's responsible for this shit? I don't know. I, I think it's it is the people, and if the people that complain about the journalists, some like they got a job to do, they got to get an answer out of yeah. guys that don't want to get an answer. If you think you could do better, start a sports blog and get credentials. Do better. It's not. It's it's. You might think it's hard to be able to get in those meetings. It's not that hard. And by the way, what do you do? <laughs> Google Grantland, and you see how it goes when somebody wants to take a highbrow, educated, long-winded approach to this bullshit. You know what happens? Everyone says they read your shit, and nobody reads your shit. That's what fucking happens. The 2,000-word articles can go screw. Everybody hates Florio. Everybody hates Pro Football <laughs> Talk. They murder them all day long, every day, and the thing has been around for 150 years. I remember fucking having him on my college radio show talking about the same shit so i don't know um i don't i don't know what dak prescott is supposed to say in that moment but i also think that as the quarterback of the dallas cowboys tour a lot of great things happen because you're the quarterback of the dallas cowboys you got to be ready for the bullshit also and yeah the bullshit is this time of year everybody hypes that piece of shit team up to the fucking roof the rafters and they're not gonna win a playoff game just like they never win a playoff game there is inept they're slightly less inept than the giants and washington because they can get to seven wins every year pretty much uh-huh. and the giants and washington can't get to seven wins every year I, I don't know. I always wonder when the fatigue is finally going to set in and people say, why are we covering this fucking awful team the same way that we have been for 30 years? Unless you're a Giants quarterback who wins a Super Bowl or multiple playoff games, you won't get your flowers until you've retired. Because right. Tony Romo is now being regarded as a very, very solid quarterback and all this and that. And they're showing his highlights. Oh, NFL throwback, I think, is still a very good account. But they'll still put up a Tony Romo. Remember Tony Romo's 2015 season? You know, I'm like, no, I don't. Because he wasn't that good. But now we're going to look back fondly because he was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And he, by the way, eviscerated his whole career. Eviscerated. He's soft. He can't win a playoff game. He's a choker, blah, blah, blah. It's just the endless debate about Tony Romo. And now because people like him in the booth, also that helps, though. You know, if people like what you're doing in the booth, then he gets a fucking, man, I tell you what. 
he gets a pass for a lot of shit too because I listen to him in the booth and he's just fucking sounds like he doesn't sound like a broadcaster to me. He sounds like he's way too energetic. Like he always has a smile. Like you can tell when someone's smiling, they're talking. Yeah. I, I just, I think it was because he was able to read co- the, the, the hype that he was getting about being able to predict plays baffles me. I've been watching football my whole life. Every single guy sitting in the color commentary table, well, there's a few exceptions, but especially if he's a quarterback, you know how many times Dan Fouts did that? Yeah. He's like, oh, look, there's a hot route right there. He's going to try to hit this guy across the seam in the middle over the top of the linebackers, and then it would happen. That's what the fucker is supposed to do. He can identify an offense. He was in the league last year. He knows the defensive coverages. He can see it when the fucking you know safety's rolling up over the. T- I think I, I think it was that Chiefs Chargers game in Mexico, or maybe it had been it was a Chiefs Raiders in Mexico where he called out like five straight plays that were going to happen and people. Yeah, were that was impressive. Shit. I'm, it's impressive, but that's how you would run an offense. And if you're a quarterback in the league, you understand how to run an offense. Uh, Kellen Clemens, right? He's coaching the the uh, I guess quarterback coach or offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He has been around NFL offenses for 15 years. Right. Same thing with David Garrard. You might think that they weren't great NFL quarterbacks, but it's a lot of mental. It's so mental when it comes to quarterbacks of what they have to know. You see it. In college, sometimes guys are just gifted, and they can throw it up, and they got receivers that can go up and get it. In the NFL, if you're a quarterback for 10 years, you know everything about the game. You just do. Well, also, it might go back to what the, we were talking about at the, the beginning. If Tony Romo was the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. You know, would, would people be as impressed by all that? No. Oh, he'd be David or Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, but they're but, very similar. But what I'm, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just, I, I know that that's symptomatic of what we're talking about here. Troy, I mean, I, but I think Troy Aikman is way better at doing color commentary than Tony Romo. Like, I don't even think it's close. Like, he does not insert himself. He is very, very, um, well spoken is not the way he know he's judicious with his words yeah. but also knows when to provide analysis and he's hated like everyone fucking can't stand him and think he's biased they, i dig him they swear i love him I, th- I think he does a great job and he's certainly further along in his career than 99 percent of the broadcasters out there but like i just don't hear the over the top on un- maybe it's also because romo's younger and that's just the way that people react on social media to everything like it's either i always go back to this trash or fire it's the only two things people say <laughs> online nobody says that was pretty good you know, or I, I enjoyed that. That was fine. Right. Trash, fire. That's it. Our brains have melted out the side of our ears. We can only describe things in absolutes. I think uh, I think I, I responded to a, a Falcoholic uh, uh, article. Falcoholic. That's their SB Nation blog. And By the uh, way, there's not a lot of people at that meeting. And then, I'm a Falcoholic. There's three other people in here. The, uh, One of them's TJ Duckett. It was, <laughs> I'd be steamed. <laughs> Who would you rather, Michael Turner, TJ Duckett, or... Uh, Work done. I work done with probably my one of my favorite Falcons players of all time. I have an autograph from him, actually. The work done Mike Allstott Buccaneers teams. Oh. I swear to God, they changed my life. I fucking loved those teams. Just had that spin move. I don't know what it was. It was great, man. But, uh, but yeah, also I, playing. That's when I was playing Madden, and I always picked the Buccaneers because right. it was like you know <laughs> those two guys in the backfield. <laughs> like we're fucking getting six yards. You can always donate to The Chad Duke Show using the Donate tab on ChadDukeShow.com. You'll help us keep improving the product, and you'll earn yourself a verbal nod on the next episode. We thank you for your support, friendos. really enjoyed this week's shows. For those of you that don't know, I don't know if we mentioned it up. I've been uh, running back and forth to uh, Richmond. Actually, I'm as you're listening to this, if you're listening on Friday or Saturday, I am down there right now. And... Uh, 
will conclude my business down there this week, so hopefully things get back to normal. But uh, really fun week of shows, despite the fact that they've been somewhat unconventional. I want to invite you to, again, if you if you liked what you heard today, go to uh, chattukeshow.com, subscribe. Uh, just check it out, maybe for a month. If it doesn't suit you, you can go ahead and back right out. There's no commitment, but uh, I think you're going to like it. We're giving you a lot of fresh content every day. Here's a question for you, Tor. I was asking myself this the other day. Who starts first? Who starts last? All right. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Fields first, Lance second, Jones third. That was quick. Jones third. You think Cam holds him off the longest? Yeah. Wow. I think Belichick. Can, I, I think Belichick is going to tenderly ease Mac Jones into it. You said Fields first. Uh, Fields first. Yeah. Dalton's going to just because it's Andy Dalton. Thanks. Oh, wow. I had no beef with Andy Dalton. I, I thought he was fun when he was in Cincinnati, uh, chucking it up to AJ Green. But sure. Yeah, Fields, uh, Chicago is just too, they're too cutthroat. I'm going to say Lance last, just mm. because I think the 49ers, um, even though they've been uh, underwhelming, I would say, with all the hype surrounding Kyle Shanahan and that group, I think they could probably stay around 500. I think they can win some games. Uh, they have very talented offense, and they've got some nice pieces. So I think it's going to be more difficult unless you're willing to do what the Dolphins did and basically bench your starting quarterback when you're <laughs> winning and qualified, you know, looking like you're going to be a playoff team just because, you know, we got to start our rookie quarterback. I think that's right. going to be more difficult to do if you're the 49ers and you're winning games. No, I, the 49ers are too good of a team to just throw everything out. Uh, I mean, they just – I don't know. They must have had uh, – their injuries were horrendous last right. year. I mean, the whole team was hurt, and then they played the Giants, and then eight more guys got hurt. So uh, if they can come in healthy – I mean, we saw what they did. Uh, what was it? Two only two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, with a very reminiscent team. They lost a DeForest Buckner on the defensive side, and He's maybe good. yeah, maybe a defensive back. But they just keep on replacing them with big Oregon defensive tackles. So they just, I don't know. I, I think it's a very similar team, and they have Trent Williams. So that's just I, I can't. He's gonna he's gonna be protected. The quarterback's gonna be good. It's it's all gonna be good. Here's what I don't think you're right about. New England. Mm. First of all, I think uh, Cam Newton is. Uh, I think he's gassed. Like Same. I, just, I think he's washed. And no disrespect, I just I didn't see much of a reason not to believe that at all last year. Maybe he's a little bit healthier, knows the system a little bit better. I guess it's possible. Bill Belichick knows more about quarterbacks than I do. I don't think Belichick is willing after the offseason they had spending all that goddamn money and bringing in every free agents across the board. If they start off one and two, I don't think he's going to sit there and be like, all right, we're going to stick with Cam. I think they're going to do what I think he realizes what his age is and the window closing and all of that. I think they're going to try to win now for the first time probably since he's been there. Um, That's why I think that guy probably gets in. Here's another question. I forgot where I saw it. Should – Kingsbury be on the hot seat and it sounds kind of silly but I don't think they no coaches make it past five seasons pretty much for the Cardinals uh and they would have missed the playoffs you know after going all in on the Kyler Murray Cliff Kingsbury um experiment every and look I think they're a good team and I think that if they were in the NFC East they probably would have won the NFC East the past couple of years yeah but that don't matter. So I don't know. Is his seat hot? I think that's a very valid question, uh, especially when you, you bring in J.J. Watt and you bring in DeAndre Hopkins and all these things they've gone to. You know, they clearly think we're a couple of pieces away from being a Super Bowl contender. And I thought last year at times they did look like a Super Bowl contender, but we know the way that it ended. I think that 
going into year three with Kyler Murray by about week eight or nine, we'll really figure out whether or not Kingsbury can do the job sure. because now you have a full off season. Last year, I got to give a bit of a scratch too because you had players that couldn't even practice together with the COVID stuff. It was just a very, very tough year. Uh, now we're kind of back to normal routine for football, OTAs, mini camp, and you're going to have, I think, three preseason games, and then you get the season. Uh, so it, it's going to become evident probably midway through whether or not Kingsbury can really do the job. And with the Cam Newton, I think it depends on what Cam we get. Do we get Cam Newton week two versus Seattle, where he was uh, chucking it and he was running it? I know he got stopped on fourth and goal in the in the fourth quarter with two seconds left, but still, he played a hell of a game that game. I but week by week seven, it looked like his arm was going to fall off, and he was fumbling the ball. He did not look comfortable back there. It's going to be probably midseason where we really determine if he can play for me. I don't think he'll be out in three games. I think what's crazy is I always forget they signed A.J. Green in the offseason, too, and I think most people are uh, operating under the assumption that he's washed also, but you know, I think a guy of that caliber, even at his age, what is he, 33? He'll be 33 by the time the season begins. Yeah. You're playing opposite maybe the best in the business. I mean, you're just a lot of single coverage there. They got weapons all over. I mean, there will be no – here's what I'll say. There will be no excuses this year if they're right. not going to be a playoff team. Like, you've got to – I think it's not just we're going to go, what is it, 10-7 and seven now, and we make it into – I think the Cardinals would have to make it to the playoffs and then win a game and, if not, give whoever it is any business they want if you're just going to continue on unfettered with this experiment. They're just, they're just in a – bitch of a division though it's tough san francisco twice rams twice and then uh it's just uh seattle twice and seattle's a playoff team yeah I mean, everybody wants to go ahead and bitch and moan and talk about russell wilson being traded or this you know Pete carroll's a weirdo or you know they're not the team they win the wins they're just gonna be in the playoffs yeah. you know that they're most likely gonna win the division it's fucking matt stafford sitting there in right? goddamn los angeles I mean, Los Angeles is always a hard out. It doesn't matter what the, the worst they're going to be is a nine win team. That is the, you know, the basement of what that team's going to be. Yeah, right. it's just it's a fiery crucible, and it's crazy. It has been now for years. Like it's been the the, the toughest division. I mean, no disrespect, the Titans. When you look at that division, like I feel like that one's always up for grabs, but for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, there, there was maybe a one or two years where I thought the South, when Cam was at his prime, Breeze was still good, right. and then Atlanta was pretty competitive. Uh, that, that I thought that was a really strong division. NFC North has always been okay, but the NFC AFC, West... AFC North is going to be murderous this yeah, year. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Murders row. I hope Cleveland can take that step. I really do. It would bum me out if it was just went back to, you know, oh, Ben Roethlisberger's healthy, so we're back to Ravens and Steelers again. Like, I'm fucking – I would love for one of those Ohio teams to just, you know, take a, a massive step forward this year. And they did. They started last year, and, and hopefully yeah. you know, they, they were fucking duking it out with the Kansas City Chiefs in the second round of the playoffs. So The NFL would be better with Baker Mayfield really playing really well. Yeah. So there's still questions, though, man. Like, there's still people – and there's still the people that are out there that are thinking that Odell Beckham Jr. coming back is not a good – thing for that team and i'm like i don't know i mean how bad can it possibly be to have you know one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league healthy and back playing for your squad but right people still say that all right cool um of course we'll get to some more of that stuff as we get closer and closer people are asking me are you gonna do fantasy football shows are you gonna do training camps yeah 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 we're gonna do all that shit of course why wouldn't we <laughs> if you're sitting around you know talking about the shit in the driveway around a bonfire generally that's the way that it goes here on this program. Um, great week of shows, though. Thank you so much, Tor, for everything that you have done this week. It's been pretty weird with the scheduling, but hopefully we get back to normal next week. You know, if I wanted a 9 to 5, I'd just go get some ham and eggs. Then you'd be a ham and egger. That's right. And you know how you'd get to work? <laughs> Holding the strap. Hanging on a strap. 
fucking strap hanging normie. <laughs> All right, very good. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you want more content, you can go to Facebook.com slash Chad Duke Show and Instagram.com slash Chad Duke Show. We're on social media. And of course, you can subscribe for a daily episode. You're going to start getting them bonus episodes back next week as well. Uh, just go to Chad Duke's Show. Com. Oh, if you'd like to pick up a CD, that's right, we made a CD. The best of the first six months, all types of fun stuff on there. Go to CommonwealthDryGoods.com and you can buy one wherever you are in the contiguous United States. But fuck Alaska and Hawaii. Contiguous, that's the way we go, bro. That's right. All right, the good Lord is willing. The creeks don't rise. We'll see you on Monday for a brand new episode. Have a beautiful weekend, everybody. Roll out the trash cans.